tú no sabes decir adiós Le dices tú, le digo yo Porque el amor es cosa de dos Yo soy Mancandi, Nico Dile que yo soy el que te hace sentir Que yo sí te hago el amor Y no te toca fingir Él no te ama como yo lo sé My name is Richard Villegas, and we are in New York City, bitch. You cannot fuck with us. I'm so excited to bring you uh, this crazy series of interviews. Um, right now, uh, we're listening to a song by Solomon Ray called Llama Tu Novio, and this is featuring Man Candy. Uh, we're going to wrap up the song, and then when we come back, we're going to be joined by the one and only Solomon Ray. Sé que te duele, pero a mí también Anda y solamente dile la verdad Llama a tu novio A ver si puede amarte toda la noche Sé que tu punto de vida Today, I am joined, as I mentioned, by the one and only Solomon Ray. How are you doing, Solomon? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Really excited to have you on this damn show. This is, yes, finally. It's so, it's so funny how, like, it's just like, you know, like, we're making it work. This is New York City. Space yes. is a situation. In uh, this dump. 
<laughs> You're All staying right. at a hotel. We, we, she will remain nameless because we're, <laughs> we're not drunk yet and we're not being that messy. Um, but, well, maybe. Um, but I'm so glad to have you here. I'm like, I've been a big fan of your work, oh, um, you. you know, since I learned about you. Uh, that was when El Otro dropped back yes. in December 2017, was it? Yeah, it's oh my been a God. while. Yeah, I know. We've been talking for a hot minute. It just dawned on me. I was like, oh my God, I haven't dropped a music video in like a year and a half. And I was like, oh shit, I got to get on it. I need more visuals. And that's when I was like, damn, it's been a year and a half. Was El Otro your last music video? Like mm-hmm. proper? Yep. Stop. I know. It's a really cool music video. Um, Thank you. Before we like start diving into your lore and like really like giving like, you know, data and, and info, who are you? What do you do for our listeners at home? Well, um, my name is Solomon Ray. I make music. Um, I am like, I, I'm definitely an artist, but yeah. you know, before that I've, always kind of build myself as like a producer a songwriter as well mm-hmm. um but yeah i just i make music and that's about it you came into my orbit as a reggaeton artist mm-hmm. um i mean you know and like again it was kind of a um what do you call it? like a bit of a reinvention artistic yeah. reinvention if you will because mm-hmm. like you were doing more like r&b hip-hop before no yeah um so like what and we will talk about that in a little bit but uh, tell me a little bit about like reggaeton how did you fall into this crazy colorful world well i was doing first off i started off as a rapper oh there um, we go. so i did the whole you know new york city mixtape scene i did that for a couple years I was on Cypher Sound, Sirius Radio, Shape 45 with Eminem, um, Angela Yee, yeah, 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 blah, 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 blah. So I did that for years. Um, and then eventually I was like, oh, I'm going to start doing like pop music, some more R&B stuff. And so my sound kind of became a little bit more fluid and kind of went, you know, all over the place, which was good because I learned so much musically about mm-hmm. myself. But um, there was something about the whole industry that was really depressing and so I was like oh no I'm out so in 2014 I was like well I'm gonna release one more song right um and that's it I'm done with music and then so then I was working with one of my friends in Atlanta and I told him I was like hey I got a secret I really want to tell you and he's like oh bitch tell me you know you think it's about to be like good right I was like I really want to do music in Spanish and he was like First off, he was like, bitch, that's not really a secret. Right? But, yeah. but then his eyes lit up. He was like, oh, my God, you totally should. I was like, well, I'm really, you know, insecure about speaking in Spanish, blah, blah, blah. Make a long story short, um, that's when I decided to do music in Spanish. And that was kind of my my way of, if I'm going to get back into music, and because I left it because it was so depressing, mm. I the only way I could get back into music is to do music that I really wanted to do. Um and the easiest transition for me with my hip-hop background was to kind of fall into reggaeton. Right. Um, and that's, you know, the music that I would listen to in general. So that's kind of how I fell into it. What about the music industry was so depressing to you? Bitch. Like, <laughs> it was kind of just, there was like this glass ceiling. And right. it's nice to see things change now than what it was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like 10 years ago for a little brown boy to be doing, you know, pop music or R&B types music, it was like, eh, we'll give it to the white people. And so I kept saying that and kept mentioning it and people were like, no, that's not even like a really thing. Nobody really cares about colorism. It's not even like a, that's not a thing in this industry. And I was like, well, not only am I gay and, you know, black and Mexican and a brown boy like trying to do, it just, I just kept feeling like there was like a glass ceiling mm-hmm. and there was opportunities I wasn't getting. But at the same time, I was getting great opportunities when I was in rap because 
you know, as opposed to my other friends that did rap and they were black guys. And it was like, so there's like this colorism thing and all that really just, you know, was depressing. I was like, I don't really want to do this anymore. Fair. It's expensive. Yep. Um, and it's exa- it's an emotionally exhausting thing to kind of pour. A lot of my stuff was really emotional. Right. So it was just exhausting to pour all your emotion into something. You'd be completely drained and not um, fulfilled in a way. Right. Oh, excellent. Well, we have a whole lot of show for you guys at home uh, today or on the treadmill or on the way to work or wherever it is that you listen to this fine, fine show. Um, and, uh, and Solomon has been kind enough to curate a fabulous playlist for us. Before we start listening to more music, I want to talk a, l- a little bit about uh, the song that we just heard, which is called Llama Tu Novio. Uh, this is featuring Man Candy. This is your latest single at time of recording. Uh, what can you tell us about this song? It was, well, a lot of my songs have always, before I did music in Spanish, it was always, you know, emotional about heartbreak and stuff. Um, And so I kind of always wanted to have this juxtaposition of like upbeat tempo stuff Mm -hmm. mixed with like, you know, heartbroken lyrics. Um, But at the same time for this one, I really wanted to have like a little cumbia vibe Mm -hmm. and just, um, so we mixed that. I recorded the song, I want to say like a year and a half ago. no. About like a year and a half. Yeah, about a year and a half ago. And I just felt like something was missing. And so I sent it to my friend Man Candy, and he was like, yo, I'll totally jump on it. Cool. And so we did, and we made it more like of a duo, and it worked. It's yeah. it's really good. And I, I love, like, um you were telling me, like, about the guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a guitar riff in there that you kind of had to fight to keep in because oh, it, yeah, it's yeah. not the usual sort of reggaeton yeah. instrument. Yeah. Um, did you play that, or who was, you know, like, how'd you get that in there? It was, I was in the studio, we were working on it, and I, I'm also a producer, first and foremost, before I'm, I think I'm a singer. Okay. Um, Which, by the way, you're an excellent singer. Thank you. Like, I appreciate like, that. Yeah, no, you sound really fucking good. I have a ballad coming out, and I'm really proud of it. Um, Come through, Mariah. But I was like, I really wanted, like, an electric guitar, like, very Janet Jackson, Black Cat. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so he was like, that might work. And so... You know, we added, like, an electric guitar. I added, like, a little baby crying, like, cuckooing <laughs> in the mix. Um, but, yeah, I think I really bring a lot of, like, my production elements from hip-hop and from R&B in there. Because I always like to pull from different genres and put them together. Fantastic. Well, let's go ahead and keep on going. I want to, um, I mean, maybe, like... You know, maybe we're, 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 we're starting off a little strong here, but I think we're going to go to Mariah Carey. Uh, we have a song called Breakdown. This is off the Butterfly album. Um, as far as I understand from Twitter, this is your diva. This is your number one. This is, this is, this is she. Yes, Mariah's up there. I have a lot of divas. You know, my last apartment, we had like a diva wall. Okay. Of all of our favorite divas. And it was Whitney, Mariah, Brittany, Selena, Jennifer, and I think I'm missing someone else. But yeah, those are like my Selena my Gomez, yeah. <laughs> and the, well, thank you so much for this interview. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Work. Um, all right, and and why breakdown? What what's what's what what is it about the song that so, does it for you? The way she basically took Busy Bones' way of rapping and sung it. Yeah. You know, she she took his whole like flow and sung it. You know, before people were singing, rapping, you know, as they do now, like she was doing it then. The beat is fucking sickening. The lyrics are just amazing. The production's good. It's just, 
And then you have, you know, Bone Thugs and Harmony in there. Right. It's just such a good, good song. And I feel like it's so underrated. And she doesn't really, you know, fuck with the song that much because it didn't go number one. Mm-hmm. So she never performs it. But it's literally my favorite Mariah <gasps> Well, she Carey has so song. many damn number ones. I know. How like, do we feel about um, uh, uh, Lil Nas X beating her record with, uh, with Boys to Men? I mean, we, I guess we do live in a time of, you know, streaming artists and streams and algorithms and you know algorithms yeah actually so. you know what i'm going to i'm going to leave it there because i do want to like <laughs> I, you've been you've you've talked about this on twitter and i actually want to talk about like the 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 music industry from when you started to today oh and God. how it's yeah, changed yeah you're right so let's go ahead and listen to this track again this is breakdown by mariah carey and we'll be right back with more solomon ray
Ni me hagas más daño 
Um, all right. And the second song we just listened to is uh, a classic uh, called Así Fue. This is by Juan Gabriel. Uh, this is the uh, live performance of it at, um, you know, uh, Teatro de Bellas Artes. Um, you know, classic, classic, classic among classics. Um, I know that you're a big Juanga fan. Why, why are we listening to the song today? I just love, you know, I think first off, the orchestra mm, that night mm-hmm. was amazing. Um, I've always been a fan, but, you know, I think I've also had a strong affinity to, you know, his aesthetic, um, the songs that he wrote, the songs that he wrote for other people. And so I think I've kind of, even though I don't write for other people anymore, like those are still like things that I, you know, draw to and, you know, I have a strong affinity towards. So I think that's kind of, Mm. yeah, but I love, love, love this whole, this whole, this whole night was good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. I mean, I, I, oh I was just bragging a little bit about how I found uh, this whole record of, of him at Palacio de Bellas Artes in Guatemala on vinyl. And I was like, holy crap, like that's a fucking piece of history right oh there. Oh, my God. Like, I, know, know. I know. I <laughs> know. Um, I want to I, I wanna talk to you a little bit because I want to keep talking about your history and music. Um, I don't really know where you're from. And I don't mean ethnically because you've said uh-huh. Mexican and black. I, I like I, I once the first time I think I wrote about you, I wrote that you were like L.A. based. And then you're like, well. Not really. I know, no, no. So, it's like, so funny people think I'm in L.A. Where where did you grow up? Let's start there. Okay, I grew up in San Diego, California. Gag, okay. So that's like, you know, about a two-hour drive south of Los Angeles. But I moved to New York in 2009. Okay, uh-huh. And I became bicoastal in 2015. Got it. Yeah. But then I now I live full-time in California, but... I don't know. Oh, so now you, now you, because yeah. I know that you're here and, and we're recording in a hotel. Um, and, um, and like, so like how, how do you, how, how much time do you spend between LA and New York? Um, I don't know. Like I was only going to be here for like a week, you know, to shoot that documentary. And then mm-hmm. I was going to record two songs and I was going to dip out and mm-hmm. head back to California. Bitch, I've been here for like three and a half weeks, Work. you know, and I'm probably going to stay another two more weeks. Gag. So it's like, you know, so it, that always happens. I'm, that's why I've been just back and forth. Like mm-hmm. nobody ever knows really where I live. And it's like, I don't even know at times, like I don't even know what address to put. Should I put my California address or should I put an address here? Right. Um, but after a while, it was too expensive for me to live by coastal. So I was like, no, let me just stay in one place. Yeah, um, that gets, that gets, that gets, that, yeah. I mean, yeah. not, not, not even like just like the flights with the economics. Cause like it <laughs> throws you it. off. I tried it. So no, I'm, I'm just living in one place now. Work. Okay. So, okay. So, so you're from San Diego, California. Um, then you moved to LA. No, you moved to New York in 2009. Mm-hmm. When, when does music start happening for you? Like, when did you start, not even recording, when, like, were you like, I want to be a musician? Um, I, the funny thing is I never really wanted to be a musician. I always wanted to just be, like, a songwriter mm. um, and a producer. I just wanted to be behind the scenes. And honestly, quite frankly, I still wouldn't mind doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, if it pays, it pays, you know? <laughs> but I, I was a kid. I remember being in, like, choir and stuff like that. But... I don't think it wasn't until like I was like in high school and I just, you know, was very emo and I was just writing my feelings out and I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I'm, I'm a songwriter. <laughs> so it wasn't until then, I think, but really it wasn't until I was in college when I was like, no, I really want to record music. And then, so, okay, so then what's your first sort of like gig or like when did you start recording music? I did the whole mixtape thing. Okay. Um, and so I would take 
old school beats or just not old school, but like go over people's beats and, you mm-hmm. know, you know, did the whole mixtape thing. Um, that was in 2007. And then the, I want to say maybe eight months later, I came out with my second mixtape. Work. Um, and then I came out with three EPs. Work. And then I came out with like remix album. Like I, like I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I have like maybe. You've been working. I probably recorded at least 200 and released 200 songs before I did music in Spanish. So it's kind of weird now that like my music, it's like I'm not having a lot of content now sure. like I used to. Yeah. But yeah, I have like tons of stuff. But if yeah. the if the number one Solomon Ray album uh, uh, fan is out here listening, can they find the, like those the those old mixtapes and mm-hmm. EPs if, if they look hard enough? Yeah, some people still be like, oh, bitch, I'm listening to your first mixtape. Yes! And I'm like, oh, bitch, no, delete, 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 stop, bitch, stop. delete. That's homophobic. Ooh, no, Word. girl. Um, but, yeah, like, some people can't. Actually, I was actually at a club in the Bronx a few, no, like a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, metal detectors and all, like, it was lit. And so we went through the metal detector and all these people were like, oh my God, bitch, like I still listen to like your mixtapes and stuff. And one person was like, oh, I listened to one of some of your EPs. And I was like, oh, bitch. Wow. Delete. <laughs> <laughs> Delete. <laughs> um, so, okay. So you come to New York. So at what point do you actually start working in the industry? Immediately. Yeah. Because I, I was coming, I did this like um, summer radio show on Shade 45. Mm-hmm. Um the year before that summer no the summer that summer and I moved that October um so yeah just right instantly so this is 2009 then when you came to New York is what you yeah 2009 so what 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 was the industry then like I mean you said that you left it because you got a little depressed but what was what was what was popping what was happening what were the tendencies what were you trying to get into um well when I well I my first, I'm sorry, I'm getting things confused. My first mixtape came out in 2008. Yes. Mm. And so right then, that was when, like, you know, MySpace was popping and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you op- uploaded, you know, a song. And uh, I don't even know, there was no word called viral back then. Like, it wasn't like, right. oh, something went viral. But my songs were, like, popping. Okay. You know, and I was selling, like, mixtapes. And then I think that first year, I sold 10,000 copies of, like, just, like, a little mixtape and I went on dap it was called datpiff.com okay it's like a hip hop head like okay. you would put your mixtapes there and I would get like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of like downloads and I was like does any of these people know like I'm a homo like I'm a full ass homo in front of like you know cause datpiff was just all like the street rappers yeah, would yeah, put yeah. their shit up um so I guess I was kind of going viral before viral was like a thing and yeah, but I mean, it was just a different playing field. Like, right. we didn't have streaming services, and I was making tons of money because I was selling things. That is a good it point. It sucked because mm-hmm. I would be in my living room with, you know, with my friends. We have pictures of us pressing CDs Word. in my living room. It's so cute. Um, but, you know, we would do that and send out, like, T-shirts and stickers and things like that, and I would make tons of money, and you would get money from PayPal, you know? Like, now it's like there's different ways of, like, monetizing things, right. but... Yeah, but you also mentioned Bandcamp um, on something a while ago. I mentioned and it on everything. <laughs> bitch, I made so much money on Bandcamp. Really? Bitch. You better preach to these children out here. Tell them, tell them why Bandcamp is a shit, please. Let me tell you. <laughs> so what this is what I would do is when my EP, Le Garçon, came out, I think I priced my EP at $4.99. $4, $4.99. Uh-huh. Really, really cheap. But... 
it allowed me to package everything. You get like all the goodies, like mm-hmm. all the stickers, all the postcards, whatever. And I forgot how much it was. But it was lit because you can do a pre-order and it would hold the pre-orders till the day of like the sales till the day it was released. But people would pre-order. So I'd pre-order all my shit like a month in advance. So it gives me time to like pack it. Yeah. So I remember I was like, should I tweet the this is when I was really on Twitter. Don't do it that much. But I was on Twitter. And I was like, should I tweet the pre-order link? They're like, yeah, bitch. I was in line to see Danity Kane at House of Blues. All of a sudden, <gasps> Bandcap has a the email said, cha-ching, you just made, cha-ching, you just made. And it was just coming in email after email. Um, and it was great because you would get the, the labels from Bandcamp. You just print them out. It was very seamless. But, yeah, I made so much money. Do so you, much money. Um, uh, I know that sometimes artists, uh, when they get like signed, they don't do Bandcamp anymore because I guess label has uh, certain restrictions. You are not currently signed, are you? No, not. Uh, are, do you still use Bandcamp? I don't because I don't have physical copies of things anymore. Mm. Um, and also, I don't really sell physical. I mean, downloads anymore either. Mm. Um, and I think my demographic now is really a streaming platform. So you've t- have you taken a financial hit since like things went more in a uh, in a streaming direction? Because this is a fascinating conversation. I, I don't I think mean, I've ever had it on the show. Yes and no. I remember when they first introduced Spotify in two thousand. I think it was two thousand ten or two thousand eleven when they we all got the email because um, I ran my own lab- label for the longest. Okay. And I got my an email. They're like, Hey, do you want to be a part of this it's some shit that these motherfuckers in you know Europe are doing it's really popping I said I don't want none of that shit bitch I'm making real money off of downloads bitch and physical CDs and I was still in that old school mentality I was like mm-hmm. I'm not putting none of my shit on streaming services and so eventually like years later I was like oh, I'll put it up I don't really care and so now I make money it takes mm-hmm. a long yeah. time yep. for all that shit to add up but now I do but nothing to live off of no not the band cam days bitch <laughs> them band cam <laughs> coins a, bitch what an endorsement I'm gonna tag them in this damn interview <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about the band camp days well uh, I wanna play a song from the band camp days yes, maybe ma'am. I'm guessing mm-hmm. so no we have a song by Solomon this is your, this is pre reggaetonero this is pre mm-hmm. Solomon Ray um, and then, so the song is called Swim No More. When, when did this come out? This came out, the single came out in 2013. Okay. Um, or maybe it was 2014. I don't know. But yeah, it was, um, the lead, it was supposed to be the lead single off my EP. And it's honestly my favorite song I've ever recorded. Oh, wow. Um, I've ever released. I'm really proud of it. And this is on the YouTubes, the Spotify's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic. Yep. Um, in fact, I'm re-releasing it under Solomon Ray. Oh, cool. Next week. Bullshit. I mean, uh, should but we by play? the time I think this comes out, it'll already be out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I will. I will play the re-release then, just with whatever new tweaks you've done to it. Okay. Um. Uh. What is the song about? What intro do you want to give the song? Um, this song, I, so what happened was I was in a really, <laughs> I was in a really bad relationship. No, but I was in a really funky relationship and it really changed me a lot. You know, I, literally to the person I am today, it just really changed so many aspects of me. And, um, it's, it's a song about finally getting over someone. And then all of a sudden you get that one text like, Hey, how are you? And you, mm-hmm. and it, you fall right back into it. Um, and it's it's a sad song. There's a little bit of anger in it. Um, I don't think the re-release. There's like a spoken part where it's like a, a voicemail of me cursing someone out. And I remember my mom called me. She's like, "Are you okay? I heard, the, <laughs> I heard that voicemail." 
I was like, Mom, I'm just trying to be an artist. I'm Leave just, me alone. Yeah, just feeling in the moment. I was just, yeah. The spirit carried me away. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So let's go ahead and listen to that now. Again, this is Solomon Ray. The song is uh, Swim No More. Um, well, it's technically from the Solomon days, but this is going to be the Solomon Ray edit. Uh, and we'll be right back with more Solomon Ray. Yeah. It's Friday 
right and the party's here on the west side let's ride saw by my side got a fifth in my cup pissy off the bubbly turn me all the way up yo king won't you meet us at the abbey couple bottles deep half an ounce in the baggie pretty young thing around calling me daddy but little do he know i'm about to slide on his daddy so your gone off the perp when i float through all the queens yelling work leaving feelings hurt and a couple eagles bruised if it costs to be the boss what the fuck's left to prove i'ma play a haters muse with nothing left to lose heart throb bra break hearts break rules uh, you got a gun on your waist please don't shoot up the place cause i see some dudes that should be right in my face my boy's not from block to block i got a couple joints rolled with some bottles of pop ayo dj run that record for me poppy would you go and throw it back on me Fly King and that Bobby Presidential check in the lobby Pull the bubbly Curving niggas like buggy Drop it to the flow Yeah, you know for the ruggy I need a one dance Bagged him in one glance Now I'm in Chanel Dancing a Pearl Jam Uh, Pondy River Ah, Pondy Bonk Gone, check the time Oh, it's Mont Blanc Wanna party with us? We need a pin number Can't sit with us Lest we get the VIN number Wanna roll with us? Powerball, we need your win number Yeah, all you act niggas been numbered and if I catch a man, I call it fumbling Selling keys overseas, yeah, the money doubling Yeah, we rocking out like it's Van Halen Two yachts in New Haven, parasailing My boy's not from block to block I got a couple joints rolled with some bottles of pop Ayo, DJ, run that record for me Poppy, would you go and throw it back on me? My boy's not from block to block I got a couple joints rolled with some bottles of pop Ayo, DJ, run that record for me Yo, Fly King, meet me in Miami and let's get Banji. I'm in South Beach on a jet ski, dressing all beige, popping my punani. <laughs> you know me, I be where to catch me. I left trade in the telly on his belly. For my poppy chew in the fountain blue, singing if your girl only knew. But anyways, here's a French kiss. Me, King, and Rob stay tight like facelifts. All our trends spread like syphilis. Inconspicuous, a little ridiculous. They still buy my shit, so I guess that's fine. Play this while you play the sidelines. My homegirl standing from my left and my right. True blue, we tight like glue. My boy's not from block to block. I got a couple joints rolled with some bottles of pop. Ayo, DJ, run that record for me. Poppy, would you go and throw it back on me? My boy's not from block to block. I got a couple joints rolled with some bottles of pop. Ayo, DJ, run that record for me. Okay, and we're back. And the second song that we just listened to is by Rob B. Uh, this is called Block to Block, and this is featuring Solomon Ray. I'm so excited that we're featuring a ton of, like, you today, because I, I really am a big fan of your music. Thank you. So happy to have you here. Um, tell me about Rob B. Tell me about this song. Uh, what's up? So, Robbie is my best friend. Um, me and him met when we were, like, little babies. But we were, one day, we were sitting on the couch in my apartment. This is before... We were recording any music before I did rap, anything. I might have been like maybe 18, 19, something like that. And this is when they had Logo TV and they were playing music videos. And we're like, damn, bitch, like, you know, we can make. And it was like they were playing rappers and, mm -hmm. you know, people who were considered rapping at the time. 
And we're like, yo, we could really wrap bars around these people, you know, just talking up. Mm. And we're like, no, we should. And so we rented out a studio. And we actually were, before Solomon, we were a duo called The Black Market. (laughs) And we had like maybe four or five songs. And then I decided to just kind of go solo and do my own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But we always, always jump on each other's checks. We're always like, you know, we've always been on each other's tracks and stuff, you know since then so we've kind of never really parted ways but that's like yeah my look my brother that's amazing um i the the name is gonna stick with me that's so fucking the black market bitch (laughs) um i want to talk a little bit about so um again you said at the top of the show you are black and mexican Mm -hmm. um i'm i'm interested in like those um those identities and how they like sort of like relate to each other Looking at you, I see Latino, and maybe I don't see as much, you know, of a of a black uh, descendants, if mm-hmm. you will. That obviously doesn't mean anything. There's plenty of white Latinos out there, or whatever. Yeah, you know. But I'm I'm I want to know a little bit about like identity, how you see yourself, how like you know you identify, and and how the world sees you. The funny thing is, I didn't really start to think I looked different really until honestly, till I was like later on in college um i just you know because i was i'm also adopted Mm -hmm. so i'm adopted to a black family Mm -hmm. and i remember one time driving in the car and i you know i I drew like a family portrait or whatever and it got ready to draw my family and you know i'm using brown crayons or whatever and it got to me and i I was like oh i guess i'm gonna use peach and i then so i'm in the back seat of my mom's car and i was like mom what color am I? And she literally stopped the car and looked around. She said, you are black. And I was like, okay. So I've never thought of myself, you know, outside of that. Like, I always knew, like, I was part Mexican. I understood all that. Blah, 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 blah. Um, But growing up in a black family and, you know, everybody is from one shade to another, curly hair to straight hair, Mm -hmm. blue eyes to dark eyes. So when I look at myself, I do see like, oh, I have different phenotypes of me being black because I I know what African-American looks like, Mm -hmm. you know, and in essence, African-American in the United States is literally a mixture of whole gang of shit. So I see myself as that. But I think now I'm more cognitive of like, okay, girl, like you are also Mexican. So I don't think I had like a identity crisis when I was a kid, but I definitely probably gone through some of that recently. Fair. So yeah. Well, you mentioned colorism in the industry, and so yeah, like I, I wonder how much like how how that like affects you or or how mm-hmm. that's perceived because I, again, like race and color are such an important part of the American identity. Um, yeah. Even though people don't like to maybe like admit that, mm-hmm. like it's it's always part of the damn conversation. You know, do you ever like get shit for like uh, you use the N word on mm-hmm. like Twitter sometimes? Do you ever get shit for that? No, I don't. Um, but. I mean, I definitely have experienced moments where, like, you know, I remember I did a photo shoot that I didn't want to come out because after it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, and the photographer was like, you know, you're kind of he was like, oh, you're doing it. Like, and he was like, oh, yeah, I work with all these people, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. I was like, OK, cute. Boom. He was like, just a heads up. Don't you know, you're it's better for you to have direct sunlight. You'll look light lighter. Mm. You don't want to be tanning. And he was like, you're almost to the point where you're almost too dark. Right. And I was like. Bitch, mm. for real? Because I love a tanning moment. Like, I like to be crispy, bitch. I want to be, you know, bronze goddess. I don't want to be looking pale because, bitch, when I'm pale, I'm pale. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of like, like an eye-opener. But, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I haven't really, 
I don't think I faced too too much. No, I mean, and again, it, it's more like it's more about the conversation because again, it is something that like it is so present in music, and mm-hmm. it's just like whether you're light or dark, like there is privilege as you yeah. just as you just said with like the whole photographer interaction. Yeah, um, yeah, and I'm just I again, I'm just interested in how like uh, how what what your experience with that has been. Um, we talked about Twitter and I want to talk a little bit about your social media presence because you're really fucking good at it. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, like I'll get on Instagram and you have like uploaded 20 stories, just letting somebody ah! have it. You know? Yeah. Uh, what's, what's your, what's your relationship to social media? Cause you're pretty viral. Well, I mean, it's, it's all stemmed from back in MySpace. Like, honestly, like mm. that's how my music started. That's how people got to know me, um, was through that. And so I've had to use different platforms as, you know, time goes on to figure out, you know, what it was. After MySpace, it was Twitter. And so I gained a huge Twitter following there. Right. And then I stopped using that for years. And then it's like Instagram. And so now I'm kind of to the point where I'm just like, I really don't even like a lot. I don't like to be on my phone much. Mm. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've... I've I, I have mixed emotions about it. Like, there's sometimes, like, I don't want people to have access to me. Fair. Um... But at the same time, I feel like people want access. But I'm so old school where I'm like, I feel if I give everyone access, like, then are you viewed as a musician? Are you viewed as like, I know that sounds very no, classic, but it's like. you're absolutely right. Am I viewed as a musician? And then, you know, I spoke about this in this documentary. It's like Maluma can be shirtless on a, tel- um, on a yacht. You know, and all these people can be shirtless on their Instagram and they're still going to be viewed as musicians. Mm. Me being gay, when I do that, it slowly takes some of that away. People stop to kind of look at you. You're not really a musician. You might, you know, so it's like there's those things that I don't like. Um, So I'm more cognizant of that. But I don't know. I'm it's like a, a, you know, a push and pull. Yeah. Being gay in the music industry is already challenging. Being Bitch. gay in hip hop and urbano Bitch. is probably even more challenging. Bitch. Uh, <laughs> can you please preach a little bit about, about your experience? It's just, mm, I don't know. It's just that sometimes you do feel like a glass ceiling mm-hmm. um, and you get hit with shit that you just have to navigate things differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always tried to navigate things very you know not professional in the sense where like let's let's keep everything professional but yeah, more yeah. in the sense of okay well I can't be my super duper charming self with s- someone because it's like I, I, get, I get nervous like I'll meet certain editors or certain like you know people who are high up and it's like oh if I'm normally a very charismatic, warm, you know, touchy-touchy person. It's like, maybe I shouldn't do that with this because I'm the game motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't want to be viewed like that. And, like, it's just... it Stuff like that is kind of... Eh. But definitely there is a glass ceiling yeah. um, that nobody wants to talk about. And um, it's kind of like the gatekeepers kind of don't want... It's my understanding. I feel like they don't really want... Um, the gay girls and I gay I just mean like you know all LGBTQ all that sure, blah sure. blah blah yeah. shit um, to kind of get put on I think your I think your situation is really interesting and I actually often use you as an example of of uh, sort of like I don't want to say queer media done right or anything like that but for example like I, I compare you uh, to like Kevin Frett 
for example. Because, like, I, you know, I was, like, be- before the scandals and before the, you know, untimely death, the murder, really, uh, let's call it what it is. Um, I, his music just didn't do it for me because, like, uh, you know, he's out here, like, in, like, a latex cat suit with a pink, you know, AK-47. And, you know, artistic expression is, you know, you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. But, like, that to me was, like, right, you're using your gayness as a, um, a gimmick to be, like, mm-hmm. see, I'm the gay Trapero. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. where, like, you're gay and you make reggaeton and the songs are about usually love or desamor or mm-hmm. whatever, heartbreak. But, like, it's not like, I'm such a fag. You know, like, it's, yeah. never, it's never that. You know, like, you're still yourself, but you don't use your identity as a crutch. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It's just, like, I, I it kind of drives me crazy a lot of times when, like, I see, like, you know, queer artist so-and-so is, like, mm-hmm. is the song about that or not? You know, like... It does get frustrating, but I think it all... I think now I'm more prepared to navigate reggaeton now as Mm -hmm. a gay Mm -hmm. artist, where back then I was a gay rapper. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want to say I made mistakes, but like I did certain things, you know, not intentionally, but just I saw a lot. So now I can kind of navigate things a little bit differently, whereas then... You know, I didn't like to be, I didn't want to be like, oh, I'm a gay rapper. It's just like, well, I'm a rapper, but I'm gay. But also that is also Mm -hmm. my identity. And then it's also kind of like, you do have to play the game in the sense where you have to use it in a way to where you can get publicity or you can get certain write-ups or you can be included in certain things. um, Because one, visibility is important. Right. But then also... You know, you have to play the game. Like, some people just want to... We're like, we're looking for so-and-so. Like, that's why I'm in that documentary. You know, that's why there's all these A-list, you know, musicians on major labels. And I'm, like, the only one who's really not. (laughs) And, you know... And you're still in there. And I'm in there. But I'm in there because they needed a voice for, you know, gay artists and stuff. Or the community. So, it's... You got to figure it out. You got to play it. But I don't like it to always be... You just have to be smart. Like, I told you about that background situation. Like, when I sent you that background, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. this? See, those are the mistakes I feel like some girls would have made and old school Solomon would have made. Yeah. New Solomon, 2019, would never make those mistakes. Right, because now it's narratives. And, and like, and it, everything matters. Like, the context in which an artist lives mat- is, is so important, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I want to talk about the documentary. I want to do that in the, in the next section because this one's getting a little bit long. Uh, so okay. let's take a musical break. Um, I ran up into your hotel room in a cowboy hat. And up next, <laughs> and I know that you love a cowboy hat. Um, I do. And we're going to listen to some Norteño next. Uh, or is it corridos? Like, what, what, what is it that we're listening to? No, really. <laughs> I don't know what you would call it. it I think it's norteños. Okay. Yeah. So, but it's not corridos, no. Okay. So we're going to start with Cristian Nodal, uh, and this is called Probablemente. Uh, mm-hmm. Talk to me about Cristian. Talk to me about the song. Oh, my God. That's my baby daddy. Um, <laughs> no, he is so adorable. He's like, I think he's like 18, 19, which is also very freaky and like weird for me to like even be you know, enamored with someone so young, but he just makes some beautiful, beautiful music and he writes it all himself. Um, I just love it. And his voice is spectacular coming out of that little body. Just make sure you ask for state-issued ID. Um, (laughs) And we're going to listen to Cristian Nadal. The song is called Probablemente. uh, And we'll be right back with more Solomon Ray.
probablemente te llamé en la madrugada pidiéndote explicaciones del por qué hoy para ti soy nada probablemente te digan tus amistades que me han visto fatal que ni parezco el mismo día antes es muy probable que me falte el orgullo y salga a buscarte probablemente disimulo no observarte aunque me llenes los ojos con esa belleza que siempre me tuvo tu antojo probablemente esto dure solo un tiempo o quizás sea permanente y me he tatuado tu recuerdo y es que no logro olvidarte me haces falta cada paso desearía que por lo menos pensarás en reintentarlo probablemente solo sea cuestión de tiempo para que caigas en cuenta que necesitas mil besos y que este amor no es desechable no se borran los momentos te hice mía tantas veces dudo que te olvides eso probablemente esto solo está en mi mente y todo lo nuestro ya haya terminado Desearía que por lo menos pensarás en reintentarlo Probablemente solo sea cuestión de tiempo Para que caigas en cuenta que necesitas mil besos Y que este amor no es desechable No se borran los momentos Te hice mía tantas veces Dudo que te olvides eso Probablemente Esto solo está en mi mente Y todo lo nuestro Ya haya terminado Sé que tienes nuevos planes en tu vida Sé que hay sueños que no cumples todavía Y que tus metas son distintas a las mías Que tú aspiras a lo grande y muy arriba Pero sabes una cosa mi amor Eso no lo entiende el corazón 
razón Si ya tenías tus planes ¿Para qué te molestabas en enamorarme? ¿Para qué ilusionarme si te espero un gran futuro por delante? Si ya sabías que tarde o temprano ibas a marcharte de cero a olvidarte si nunca fui importante si no ibas a amarme para qué lastimarme Tenías tus planes para que te molestabas en enamorarme Para que ilusionarme si te espero un gran futuro por delante Si ya sabías que tarde o temprano ibas a marcharte And then the second song that we just heard there is by Gerardo Ortiz, and this is called Por Qué Lastimarme. Uh, Por Qué Lastimarme, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, again, this is some more good old Norteño situations. I know. Um, or maybe it's banda. I don't know. I, I don't know the songs. We're going to play them in, in, in post-production. Um, so sorry if I'm mislabeling them prematurely. And sorry if I'm mislabeling them too, <laughs> shit. Uh, but tell me a little bit about Gerardo Ortiz. It's, it's a similar, you know, that whole vibe. Like, I love songs like that um, which is so funny that I'm in reggaeton because it's like I always want to make music like that right and, you know and I was like well you know it's my it's my dream once you know my reggaeton days are over I'm gonna you know make songs like this I mean don't <laughs> you know don't like don't don't be afraid I mean like someone like Rick Rubin was like producing like That's you true. know rap and then yeah. rock you know it's just like whatever it's not that unusual you know yeah Um, That's very true. I mean, if you have an ear for it, you have an ear for it. I mean, and there's great people to like. There's there's a big sort of like uh, banda scene that's like really sort of like taking off. Um, I recently got into El Transformer, who's like oh, a wow. trans man from San Diego, actually, who's oh, making banda, like What? banda sinaloense. Oh yeah. my god! Um, yeah, and like, um, oh god, there's. Um, Well, La Plevada was allegedly, it was like, it's a trap thing, but they were like, allegedly trying to like blend it in with like banda. That didn't really take, that wasn't actually, that was more oh. just trap. But one of them is like a proper cowboy though. Oh shit. Yeah. So like Mexico's out here, Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mexico's oh, cool. out here trying some new shit, man. 
Um, I want to talk about this documentary that you mentioned because, um, again, like I, you know, you showed me like some photos, uh, you know, you told me some of the folks that are in it. Let's start with the basic. What is, what is the documentary about? And then let's start name dropping. From my understanding, it is a socio-political um, documentary about reggaeton. So it covers everything from the music, the history, also like its impact or mm-hmm. in, you know, today's culture back then. It's just a whole all-encompassing um, documentary from my understanding. Right. Um, so do we have any idea like what it's called or when it's due to release or it's, it's still in the works? I think it's still in the works from my understanding. It's, there's so much footage now that they're actually pitching it as a docu-series. So there's like Work. different series, um, or episodes, excuse me. And yeah, so there's no title yet. They're still working on it one, but well, I'm sure once it gets picked up and bought, can and we, I'm sure can we it mention will be. any of the other folks that are involved, or is that still yeah? Like, no, discreet? I mean it's public. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're on everyone's Instagrams. And so stuff. they've they've been oh they've been posting mm-hmm. and stuff. Okay, so uh, do you want to do the honors or should I? I know there's um, there is sorry I just drew a blank. There's Daddy Yankee. There's Bad Bunny, J Balvin, Evie Queen, Carol G, Anuel, um, Nati Natasha. Um, and then there is this one really amazing musician, um, Solomon Reyes. Um, <laughs> he's in that. Maybe you've heard of him. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's some lofty company to be in, man. Is that at all intimidating? It's in- Well, it didn't dawn on me until I sat down to do my interview. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> you're all going to watch this. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you're going to watch the shit that yeah. you're in. And they're going to be like, oh, shit, this motherfucker. Uh, so. Oh, her. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was a little intimidating. But I think. Yeah, I was like, oh, I wanted to lose 10 pounds before, but, you know, I cheated it with makeup and lighting. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's, it's, c'est la vie. Um, before we wrap up, I have a couple more questions. Um, I want to talk about producers. Um, so I know that many of the many of the tracks, my, my favorite ones, like El Otro and Así Así, which mm-hmm. is what we're going to close with, uh, are produced by Danion. Um, do you mostly work with him exclusively or do you work with anybody else? Like, what do, what do you, who do you work with and what do you look for in a producer? I work, I've only worked with him as far as... Um, my music in Spanish. Mm. Um, but we've created such a great bond and understanding of like each other's workflow. Like he's really pushed me to the limits, you know, I, and it's weird because it's hard. I feel like it's hard to produce a producer. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he had to learn how to produce me. Cause you know me, I'm a producer. I was, I was like, nah, you ain't going to do it like this. And you can't talk to me like, like Ooh. we be, we be having our moments. Ooh. We be having our moments. And he'd be like, no, you got to stand up and sing. Like, I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, you ain't going to tell me how to do. So we've had our, mo- <laughs> but it's always for the best because we always create a good end result. Right. Um, and we have like an, a, a good understanding. Like we get, he understands how to find the best, um, Stuff for me because he knows like I am a softy and I just want some heartbreak shit. Right. So it's good. We have like great dialogue and so I, I think I would still keep working with him unless I found someone else who I can also vibe with. When it right. comes to actually creating music, I'm very very picky and I'm very like a weirdo. Mm. So if I don't really fuck with you, I don't really want to do anything with you. And you've been in the business now for a hot minute. And, Correct. And again, you 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 produce your stuff. So like again, but you've been a recording artist for for a, again a hot minute. Yeah. Again, when you was your early stuff like self produced, or were you working with other producers? 
I think I, I mean, I would work with like a couple, but I always worked with just one mm. for years, years, years. Um, You're a long-term relationship yeah, kind of guy. It is. It's like <laughs> you just kind of develop these relationships with them, but, um, but I would always co-produce. That's mm-hmm. what, that's, it's weird. It's like I always give people all the credit. I'm like, oh, he produced it, but I co-produce every single track I've ever released in my whole entire life. Like I'd be in that, like I'd be in there you know, producing the songs. So I don't think a lot of people know that about me. They yeah. think I'm just like, I just walk in and do the vocals and I walk out. Like, no, I'm in that bitch. Empress of actually like was, was talking about this recently because she works a lot with blood orange mm-hmm. and like, you know, she'll co-produce stuff for him and he'll co-produce stuff for her. And like the, there was a trend where it was always like, it was, everything was produced by blood orange and never, there was never any mention of like yeah. Empress of on production. It was like, right. Yeah. Cause like I'm a woman and da, 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 da. You know, it's just like, or like you can only be an artist and not a producer. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. That it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a constant battle. And, and yeah, I guess like most people are used to like the pretty face with a pretty voice, you know? Yeah. Mm. No. And I, and a lot of it, <clears throat> I think every single song I've ever done, I've come up with the first draft of the production. Right. And then they'll come in and kind of add some things and then I'll come in at the end and add things or take things out. Right, right, right. Um, but every concept, you know, keys, tempo, instruments, concepts is all my idea. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we are wrapping up this wonderful interview. Thank you so much, by the Thank way, you. for taking the time. Thank you so much for talking. Um, some shade to some other guests. Anyway. No, <laughs> I, I love you all. You're all like my children. I have favorites. <laughs> um, and uh, but anyway, what is the future of Solomon Ray? What what can we expect in the coming year, month? I was gonna say months, then year. Christ. Oh my God. There's one thing that I've been dying to say, but I couldn't. We I thought I was gonna be able to mention it this month, but bitch, I might not be able to figure that out until January. But there's something really huge, 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 huge around the corner. Um, the documentary comes out. I have two songs coming out. I have like uh, my like homage to you know, um, Playero tracks that's okay. coming out, and then I'm also have I'm doing a cover of Costumbres by Rocio Durcal what? that's coming out as well, <laughs> Work. which I'm really proud of because then it's like that you can finally show I can finally showcase my vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I have, and then I also have like a couple remixes coming out too. Are you trying to put out an album at all, or are you, or are you trying to be more of a singles artist at the moment? I just don't. I'm such an album girl mm-hmm. that like I need every instrument. There needs to be like a connecting instrument in every single track. So if it doesn't, if it's not cohesive, I don't want to put it on a right. body of work. Fair. And I don't think people are listening to albums the way they used to back in the no. day. So I'm just like, girl, fuck it. I've had to like had like some coaching with like a lot of like emerging artists be like. I get the album. I, I get it. Like, yeah. Release like two or three EPs and then like compile them with like two new tracks and yeah. there's your album. You know, it's just like, yeah, yeah it, it, it's it, sad because I feel like some people just dump things on and be like, oh, this is my album. And it's like, bitch, that's a playlist. Ah! Like that's a mixtape. hoe. like that ain't, you know, an album, but whatever. <laughs> so I don't think I would waste my money. I'm an independent artist. Yeah. I can't do that. Well, it's also, it's also a matter of time. Like, I mean, it's literally my job to listen to music and mm-hmm. I don't have time to do it. Correct. You know? So it's just like, yeah. imagine the people that just do it for fun and just, la, 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 you know, it's just like, you know, Drake or, or, or who was it? Chris Brown. They dropped like a fucking 30 track album. You don't have time for that. Girl, I literally don't want to hear that. I have children. No, <laughs> like I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a sensitive girl when it comes to albums. Right. Like when people make albums in seven days or like have albums with like 40 tracks, I'm just like, Oh, so 
all legitimacy just went out the window. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I mean, maybe, maybe not. I'm just, you know, I'm a, I'm like a weirdo when it comes to stuff like that. Uh, I, again, I, I get it. It's just when you've, when you've seen the past and then you see the present. Correct. It's just like, it, you know, what is it? They say hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, my guest is Solomon Ray. Uh, can you please let our listeners know where they can listen to your music, where they can buy merch or any physical things that you are still selling these days, where they can see you if you have upcoming performances? Tell your cheekly. Um, you can catch me anyone any digital platform, Solomon Ray, S-O-L-O-M-O-N-R-O's, last name Ray, R-A-Y, um, or on all my social media, Solomon Ray Music. Mm, fantastic. And again, like we'll link to everything in the show notes. I'll remind you that this is Song Mess, and you can listen to us on all streaming platforms. Uh, that is uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Google Play and Stitcher. We are on all social media. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Songmess. Uh, you can always message us directly at songmessmusic at gmail.com. Uh, you know, send us some requests or feedback. You know, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, we have our weekly playlist, Bops, always in the show notes. Um, you can, link, you know, it'll be linked there. Um, if you want to support us uh, with a little love, uh, please give us a five-star rating. That could be Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You know, positive comment. You know, like help us reach a wider audience. We really appreciate the love. And if you want to help us financially, we have an online store that's at songmess.threadless.com. Uh, we have t-shirts, mugs, little books, everything with our beautiful little logo designed by the great uh, Osvaldo Uribe. I think that's his name. Crap. He's a good friend. Damn. Um, but <laughs> uh, but anyway, we have one final song here. And again, this is by Solomon Ray. This is a personal favorite of mine. It's called Asi Asi. We, uh, you know, I just was not about to like let this interview wrap up Definitely. without playing one of these tracks. Um, what what kind of intro do you want to give this song? How, how, what about her? How was she born? This song, I actually didn't want. I almost really? turned it down like over and over, like repeatedly turned it down. Yeah. This is actually the one song I didn't write. Really? Yeah. I got the demo. I, I did the, the did the beat, and then I got the demo, and like the and I was like, I don't, I don't like this. It's too sexual. I don't want sexy music. <laughs> I don't want none of that stuff. And they're like, no, this is going to be it. I was like, no. And I fought. I was like, no, I don't want this. It's not even that graphic. I mean, did you did you at all play with, with, uh, with well, the lyrics? I, yeah, mm. I did change it a little bit. I toned it down. But yeah, I actually fought this for like a month. I said, I don't want this track. Because it's because it's a very sexy track, but mm-hmm. it's more like sultry. It's yeah. not it's not like you know dame ese culo or anything like that. Yeah, it's not it's not that. Uh, and then I went back into the studio. I made it a little bit more catchy. Added mm. some extra like things to keep it more like repetitive. But then once I heard the final version after I tweaked it, I was like, oh, I actually kind of like this song. Yeah. yeah work well i love that song again my uh, my name is richard villegas this is song mess my guest is solomon ray again we will link to everything in the show notes please find them support him um and again the song is called Asiasi. thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time ciao solomon ray come on regalame ratico contigo regalame ratico más Let's have the stolen moment, cause it's all we've got. I see, I see, I see. Want your body on me. Sin tanta ladera, sin mucho modales. I see, I see, I see. Want your body on me. Sin tanta ladera. Guardemos los sentimientos. Así, cuando te falte
for focus mm, Pasémonos de la raya Me tienen un falla Me parece que tú eres de mi talla Si despertamos los vecinos conocemos boya Estamos cagallitos para que todo fluya No vaya a ser que nos llamen a la patrulla Nos quedemos con las ganas Así, así, así Un somebody on me Sin tabla de guerra Guardemos los sentimientos 